Right. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsession. You had to think about it. And we're here with John Flogiago. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> Johnny Flogenbach. <laughs> Johnny Flogenbach. Johnny Flogenbach. So I'm making my return back from the dead. It is our friend. I'll do John Fotiatis. Oh, thank you. For yes. Miago. Such elocution. If you have more than a four-syllable name, it's over on this show. You know how many weeks it took him to get Santo Padre? Oh, At least 12. You have to take a beginner's course in Dara Latin. wrote it out. Dara, Dara took the kids' old blocks that she'd saved, but the, spelled it out phonetically. Gil, yes. what do we got here? Uh, we got John Fotiatis, and we're going to do a mini episode, but yes. quickly, a little house cleaning, Uh-oh. as I like to say. Housekeeping, excuse me. We could use some house cleaning, too. Uh, Alan Alda's show ran our episode today yeah. in their rerun slot. Oh! Yes, and they're off week, so they ran our episode. And we got, I think we got 35,000 downloads in one Gee, day. Fantastic. From, from, this means they're listening to Alan's show. <laughs> so we want to thank Alan and our friend Sarah Chase. I wanted to mention you on Colbert, which everybody saw. Oh, yeah. Doing Redacted. Redacted! (laughs) Redacted! (laughs) Don't you just go in with these things and they just hand you the sides and they feed you? My favorite thing there is I'm sitting in the makeup chair and and one of the producers comes over and he goes, oh, here's your script. (laughs) And the script, of course, is one word. <laughs> With you, yeah. Where I just yeah. had to keep screaming, redacted. Yeah, and Hilarious. you did Seth, you did Seth Meyers too, but that hasn't aired yet. Uh, no, that okay. hasn't aired yet. Okay, I want to uh, wish some uh, uh, good thoughts and well wishes to one of our listeners, David Stevens, who is uh, going through a difficult period. So, uh, David, we love you. Get better, and um, Irvi's birthday. We have to mention. It sure is. We would be remiss if we didn't mention. I get a lot of <laughs> pussy on my birthday. <laughs> As you should. Tom Selyuk. Tom Selyuk. I heard Hervé was uh, juggling hand grenades on his birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Poor Hervé. Oh, your name's Daphne. Because I can smell the perfume. This is going downhill real fast. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you it's can, an icebreaker. You can't get good roads outside of New York. <laughs> The world is too acclam. <laughs> Are you loosened up now, John? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it for housekeeping. Oh, and, well, some guy sent me, I think it was Rick C. or something. Yes. On, uh, a commercial of Nancy Allen for uh, oh, yeah. Clairol, Clairol Hair got, I got a bunch of those, too. There are a bunch of them on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. She was adorable. She was. She yeah. still is. Yeah. We love boom, Nancy. Boom. It was a good episode. Yeah. Very nice. She was lovely. She had a good time. Uh, John has a concept. John and I were talking. John is obviously a friend of this show, as everybody knows. It is his wonderful listener mail theme. Uh, that you that you listen yes. to, and also the producer of the month theme that yeah. we've started circulating in. Gilbert listens to them nightly. He I'm does. Sure. He nev- <laughs> There's nothing that happens with this show that escapes his gaze. <laughs> uh, the all-knowing, all-seeing Gilbert Gottfried. He is the oracle yeah. of podcasting. He open he opens his third eye when he hears my music. But uh, John and I were talking, and I said, "We like it when you're there." And why don't oh, you come you. up with a premise? And he did. 
And that premise is fictional bands on 60s television shows. I I remember, like, because the Beatles were, right. were major. Big time. And so, like, there were all these bands written into sitcoms that were, like, thinly disguised uh, Beatles. They were all mop-top bands. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It kind of happened in one very quick wave, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what is it? I mean, you put the dates on these. Yeah, thank so, you, by the way, for doing all well, this no, wonderful no, no. So, research. So I did a little bit of research, and it's a bit of pop culture stuff that's going on. So February 9th, 1964, the Beatles go on Sullivan. Mm-hmm. 73 million people watch. And what I didn't realize is that they had two more appearances, like in the week after and then two weeks after that. Sure. So their their essence was seared into the American consciousness. And this is like three or four months after the Kennedy assassination, you know. And within two years, every major sitcom on TV has like a Beatle mop top, pretty much uh, musical episode. So and you broke them all down for us. I sure did. It's nice to have somebody and doing they, research. They all had <laughs> about the same plot. Like, Precisely. oh, we can't stay at this hotel because right. the mobs of girls they have to stay with you in your home. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah, there are a few of those. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the first one? And we don't have to go chronologically, but for the first one you wrote down. Well, the first one that came to mind is uh, Gilligan's Island, and this is really a funny one. It's called "Don't Bug the Mosquitoes." That's the name of the <laughs> <Right>. episode. <laughs> okay. Not not too many insect references, right? Right, right, right. And uh, the premise of this show is that this band is dropped on the island because they need a place to rehearse, to regroup. And, of course, uh, the castaways are there, and they're trying to figure out a way to convince these guys to take them off the island when they go back. And what happens is they go through these uh, ridiculous premises of forming their own groups to impress the mosquitoes. Oh, and, uh, and the whole thing is a big... Uh, that was Bingo, big, Bango, Bongo. And, uh, and Irving. And Irving. Irving. <laughs> the, the four mosquitoes. Which was a, a reverse, if you think, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. So they did like the, the backwards... Uh, well, now, who was, in the, who, who was in the mosquitoes? I mean, did they use... Because some, sometimes they used actors, and sometimes right. they used actual singers, it, and sometimes they would use somebody that actually had a career. In most cases, what I found is that these were either working musicians, session players, uh-huh. and in some cases, this was a group called the Wellingtons that actually sang the Gilligan's Island theme, and then they were co-opted into Oh, I uh, see. Playing. So they repurposed the Wellingtons exactly. as, the, as the Mosquitoes. Exactly. And what happened here is that uh, the men of Gilligan's Island decided to form their own band called the Nats. <laughs> Do you remember and, this? And they're wearing like these really weird straw mop tops. Right. And and of course all the guitars and the drums are made out of bamboo. You know, it's oh, like the, the yes, professor yes. came up with all of that. And 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 that goes terribly and then the women form the honeybees and it was this Capri pants uh, girl group thing. Wow. Who wound up being too good to go back because the mosquitoes thought they would be uh, they would be outshone by them, so they figure you know we're not taking anyone. We're going. Do they ever explain how the mosquitoes also got stranded and ended up on the island? Well, they were actually dropped there by a helicopter. I, I think their management <laughs> dropped them. Okay, there. great. Yeah, Frank, can we hear a little bit of the mosquitoes from uh, Gilligan's Island? There you go. Do that little. Don't bug me. Fantastic. 
Nice ending. By the way, the helicopter footage was from uh, When Worlds Collide. It was stock footage from that movie. Are you movie. serious? Yeah, 19, <laughs> 1951. Not Pat McCormick's home movies? No, yeah. <laughs> I think he was flying the helicopter. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, like- I mean, I remember clearly the one where uh, the the uh, Beatles, or whoever they call themselves, have to stay in New Rochelle... Right. Uh, He's jumping around. Oh, he jumps around. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that one. Yeah. We'll get to that one. What about F Troop? So F Troop, (laughs) that's showbiz. And uh, your former uh, guest. Our pal uh, Larry Storch. Larry Storch playing uh, Corporal Agarn, you know, that great Shakespearean tragic figure, (laughs) uh, decides to leave the army to manage a rock band (laughs) called the Bedbugs. So I love these plots. So, he, so actually, this is an example of a real band playing a fictional one because the Bedbugs were also known as a band called The Factory. And probably the most famous member of The Factory was a guy named Lowell George who went on to oh, little uh, feet. create Little Feet. Yeah, a great Lowell guitarist, George, great George, composer. Of course. Yeah. And yeah, he went on to uh, record with Frank Zappa after that as well. Do you well. remember this, Gilbert? Do you remember Agarn managing The Bedbugs? No, but what gets me about it is it's like the Beatles' great-grandparents weren't exactly. born when F Troop was <laughs> exactly. taking place it was, that it was, time a, period. It was 60s garage rock, 1860s. Yeah, right. That's what was going You're on You're going to be a literalist about it, Gilbert. Uh, so, and the, who do we know? Uh, Lowell George was... Lowell George was the only musician in, in the there actual was, bed bugs? There were, there were a couple of other guys, um, Richie Hayward, who would also co-found Little Feet. Uh-huh. And then Guy Williams, one of the other members that appeared on the episode, actually went on to join Iggy Pop and the Stooges. I love it. In 1973. I love it. So everything is interconnected. Frank, so do we weird. have any b- little bit of clip of the bed bugs? They, they show up. Covered wagon. One of them looks like Hervé Villachef. Stagecoach. <laughs> you must be Sergeant O'Rourke. Ah, oh, right, yeah. We're the group you hired to play for your military ball. You're kidding. You're the group? That's right, Captain. We call ourselves the Bed Bugs. Former podcast guest Ken Berry. Yeah, that's right. We'll give you a little demonstration of our music. Of course, you can't see their facial expressions okay, before they're gassed. Hit it. It's great. With the tax man bass. Yeah. They've all got the names of the bands on the drum. Right. On the drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> the bed bugs, Gil. The bed bugs. And, and they didn't have recording equipment back in no. the time, so how was that amplified? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but who's who's asking? So Agarn, that's the that's the cold open. Right. So that Agarn decides he's going to quit yeah. the cavalry. And then, and then the it army. actually, there's a point where Wrangler Jane uh, appears with Captain Parminder, and somehow Agarn and and Sergeant O'Rourke uh-huh. and Sergeant O'Rourke's member, yeah, uh, are the general, of, are please, part, the general, yes, the general, yes, part of this, you will, yes. part of this new of group. And Friedman. of course, they're doing the they're doing the mop top thing, and they do a version of Mister Tambourine Man. Fantastic! Ooh, isn't Fantastic. that crazy? You know what? What gets me here? is it's kind of like when 
Bob Hope and Lucille Ball would go, hey, we're hippies. <laughs> hey, let's have a, a loving, we're hippies. But I, I watched the clips and every joke is the same because it's at that period where it was still... It was still comedic fodder Precisely. to have a terrible reaction to this right, kind of music. Right, right. The adults are all, all aghast. All the adults are aghast. Gagarn yeah. and, and, uh, and O'Rourke look at each other horrified. Right. But Captain Parmenter's eyes are crossing. It was that, that time, like I said, with Bob Hope. It's like you saw how incredibly unhip right. Hollywood yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> they actually they couldn't figure it out. They didn't know. They couldn't understand the phenomenon. It took them like two or three years for for it to be absorbed. You In know? the interest of time, let's yeah. jump the next one sure. and go to get smart. Oh, oh. <laughs> get smart is oh, we're, great. We're on a Larry Storch roll yeah, here. Yeah, get smart is great. There was an episode um, on get smart called um, The Groovy Guru. Yes, it's famous. Where Larry, Larry Storch plays this crazy, it's almost like an Austin Powers oh, character, I right? I remember. You know, you know, he just put on the Groovy Guru costume at his party. Oh, At his wow. 96th birthday party. That's crazy. A couple of months ago. So yeah. there are these guys that are uh, chaos agents that are posing as a band, and they're and they're called the Sacred Cows. <laughs> the Sacred Cows. And they're dressed in cow outfits. <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, they they use the Groovy Guru's the Groovy Guru's electric sound control, and their music becomes hypnotizing, allowing the Guru to control anyone who hears it. And uh, they were also studio uh, musicians, and the music is actually really great. It's like this wild, strange psychedelic. This is deep research that you thing. found out the names of these studio guys uh, that were that were that were Jerry Chef, basically dragged into a guy this. named John Greek. How John, about that? John Greek, oh, that's like you. My, my uncle Spiro posing as a uh, <laughs> session <laughs> guitarist, and Ben Benet. And, yeah, Ben Benet. Yeah, yeah. I remember cool. this episode very well, and we actually we talked to Larry about it on when he had when we had him on the podcast. And as I said, he just dressed up. So Somehow he has the costume, <laughs> or somebody made him and a, like a, a groovy and a, and a guru costume. Can we hear a little bit of the sacred cows, Frank? Go, babies! <laughs> is great. They're dressed as cows. Yeah. Listen to that guitar. You guys can find these clips on YouTube. They all make the same look at each other. Of course it's the sacred cows. It has to be the sacred cows. Who else could it be but the sacred cows? One question, 99. That, Who are the sacred cows? <laughs> the hottest rock and roll group in the country, Max. Of course, the sacred cows. <laughs> this is 68. This yes. is a while later. Yeah, that overdrive. Grill, grill, grill. Oh, there's lyrics, too. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> Look at Gilbert, he's transfixed. 99's getting down. Look at Barbara dancing. Well, she can't control herself. That's love, just it. Yeah, they love yeah, Barbara. Yeah. They're mind control. Bump off a sweat. Okay, okay. We'll take, we'll take down the sacred cows. Fantastic. Very funny. I love this. It's wild, right? Yeah, yeah. So not a real band. Barbara's very sexy, Dan. She's wearing ass. a plaid miniskirt. Yes. You bet, you bet your ass yeah, baby. she is the next one. So, so this this gag, this premise is going on for years. Absolutely. It's not just an immediate reaction to Beatlemania in '64. That's it's, right. It's actually, I mean, this is '68. The next one coming up is '68. Yeah, and the, the mother's-in-law. The music gets progressively harder and more psychedelic. Like it begins with this kind of, you know, yeah. Liverpooly uh, uh, sound, but then it goes into like heavy acid rock. And this episode of the mother's-in-law is really funny because this was a real band 
called The Seeds, and they were a garage band out of California. Pushing too hard. Pushing seeds. too hard. Sure. Playing the warts. Sure. And, <laughs> playing the and, warts. And, 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 and I'm the mother's-in-law. If there are any shows where you see like the generation gap, which is like uh-huh. the theme of the show, this one is it. And uh, one of my favorite aspects of this episode is that Joe Besser makes an appearance oh! as a Salvation Army band leader. And, and he brings everybody together, the mo- the mothers-in-law, the sacred cows, and the Salvation Army band at the end of the episode. Fantastic. Oh, it's too good. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Yeah. Uh, I jumped one here. Let's do the I Dream of Jeannie one, too. Sure. sure. Um, from 67. Yeah, this is... Uh, do you want to jump yeah, into that, or you want to I'm going to jump this? back to I Dream of Jeannie, okay. and then... Uh, oh, were you done talking about the Mothers-in-Law? Well, I was going to say, the name of the song was Pushing Too Hard, so what do you think Joe Besser said, right? What did Joe Besser Not say, Frank? so hard! <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I stepped on a bit. Wow. My apologies. I, it took me two weeks to prepare that bit. <laughs> I apologize. I, ste- I, I stepped in comedy, I too. stepped on John's setup. All right. Let's talk about I Dream of Jeannie and the episode Jeannie the Hip Hippie from 67. Yeah. So here's the premise. Tony's vacation is canceled because Mrs. Bellows wants to uh, create a charity event. She needs music. Somehow Tony is summoned to uh, find a group. So Jeannie steps in and creates a group by <laughs> by going around Cocoa oh. Beach cafes and music stores and just seeing guys that look cool and blinking, and blinking them, in, them into the Tony's living room. Living room. <laughs> now, 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 <laughs> Fantastic. It's great. The G- Jeannie does this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, okay. With all of her magical powers, couldn't she just snap her fingers? Yeah, you would think. (laughs) And bring the Beatles. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or the Stones or the animals or whoever. Tough booking. Right. So she blinks them all into the living room. The premise is that none of them know how to play any instruments. They just look cool. Of course, she blinks talent into them. And two of the people are Boyce and Hart. I love it. The great songwriters who who wrote all of the monkey stuff. And in fact, when she's going around blinking people in, they're playing a kind of a psychedelic version of Last Train to Clarksville in the background. It's pretty fun. I love it. And uh, the episode ends with them somehow getting in front of Phil Spector to do a record audition. This is the pre-murder rap, pre-crazy hair Phil Spector. And they do a song called... uh, out and about, which is a great it's pretty track, good. actually. It's, it's pretty a really cool good tune. song. Yeah. yeah. So Boyce and Hart, and there were two other guys, Steve, Ry- Steve O'Reilly and William Lewis. That's right. And they appeared as the real names in the episode. They were all part of the Boyce and Hart band, but I don't know how long that band I, I tell you, I know the bed bugs. I know the Gilligan's Island episode. I did not know about uh, about these guys. Oh, this is They great. didn't even give them a name. No, no. Right. See, okay. Let's hear a little clip of, uh, of Boyce and Hart from My Dream of Jeannie. Frank's got it queued up. Thanks, Frank. Oh, this is where Jeannie sits in on the drums because the drummer isn't there. Now, <laughs> who's more adorable, Gilbert, Barbara Eden or Barbara Feldon? <laughs> How cute she is! Thank you. 
Phil? Seeing Spectre is spooky. Yeah, it really is weird. You know, what I couldn't find out is if they actually released this song, because I think the song is quite good. Yeah, it sounds like it could have been a monkey song. Yeah, yeah. Probably part of their broader catalog. Thank you, Frank. It's very spooky seeing Phil Spector sitting there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like nodding yeah. in silent approval. Years later, Batman, well, not years later, <clears throat> probably around the same time, Batman did a Phil Spector parody, a character called Little Louie Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I did not know that. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember this Genie episode, and I don't, and I don't know that song, but you're right. It's catchy as hell. Uh, let's quickly go to Gidget. Oh, Gidget, this is a this is a funny one. It's called Ring a Ding Dingbat. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Airs uh, February but, of sixty six. But I, I just gotta say, I was watching the clip was still on, <laughs> and it's so funny <laughs> to see a weird. I can't believe what's happening from Phil Spector. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's genius. Oh my God, this yeah. is shocking. The puffy shirt, yeah, with the cuffs. Yeah, these are all on YouTube, by the way, guys. You can find these. Back in the days where executives still wore suits and ties. You yeah, know? he's sitting there with a wall full of gold records. That's right. I'll make you stars. Grooving out. This is fantastic. Let's talk about we did the we did the mothers-in-law. Yeah, let's, so you, let's talk about Gidget. So you quickly mentioned Gidget. Now, this is very funny because there's actually no band that appears. There are just two English guys that show up. They come to the town, the premise that you said. Yeah. They're being chased by fans and girls. And somehow, uh, Gidget and uh, her friend LaRue, I guess is how you pronounce her name. I'm not familiar with the show. But they somehow sneak in, get these guys, uh, and, and reel them in somehow. But in the meantime, the only performance they have is a, a TV interview that they give. And the name of the band is called the Dingbats. So <laughs> <laughs> they are, and you're right; they are getting a little more psychedelic as yeah, they go, as things progress. Yeah, yeah, it gets a bit darker too. You know, like as the '60s progress, the the these shows kind of get a darker theme. Yeah, Gilbert's happy that Joe Besser showed up. <laughs> yeah, yes. and the mothers-in-law. That's so hot. We jumped it, but we got time for it. Let's go back to uh, the Andy Griffith Show episode. Yeah, the, from '67, the Andy Griffith Show. I like uh, how you wrote K Lens Va 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 Voom. Va 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 Voom. She was married to uh, oh David yeah. Cassidy. Yeah, she oh actually appears in that. Remember K Lens? Remember her? Yes. Yes. Yeah, about that. There's yeah. a name. So, so um, this is this episode is really funny because <laughs> OP does Aunt B get eaten by cats? Yeah, I think I think Aunt <laughs> B gets hooked on smack, but that's that's the ending they didn't use. <laughs> Wasn't that your theory that Francis Bavier was I, devoured I by the cats? Heard. That she died, and she was a cat lady. I don't like what got on me. And the cats were eating her corpse for about a year. Doing Aunt B is tiny too. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) You mentioned that to Clint Howard, and it didn't ring true. But I wish it were. I I wish I had seen the expression on his face. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, so so Opie gets asked to join a rock and roll band, and they start practicing in the Taylor's garage. Uh, and Andy's kind of excited that Opie is involved with a new activity until he starts staying out really late and his grades drop and, you know, he doesn't care anymore. And it's, it's like, uh-oh, rock and roll. Uh, the band becomes all-consuming. He's staying out late in the evenings and finally uh, Andy says, "Times, you know, we've had enough. Uh, he needs a, a talking to. And somehow they get they get Clara Edwards, uh, Andy's uh, 
<laughs> friend to speak to Opie. This is very kind of serious, introspective yeah. moment. This is late in the run, season Opie, eight. Opie comes to his senses. Fantastic. And the name of the band is called The Sound Committee. The Sound Committee. And they, and they have that written on their drum head as they play of that. Of course. All the band's names are on the drums. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's fantastic. So. And didn't you tell me that there was another one that you found at the 11th hour, that you found a Gomer Pyle one? Uh, actually, uh, yeah, there was uh, there's a couple that I found uh, at the 11th hour. I think um, the same guys... I have to. I have to actually uh, go back and see what that is. I found okay. one with Jim. Uh, the Flintstones also had a parody episode too, the, a cartoon episode of um, a group called the Gruesomes. <laughs> And Does that mean were, anything to you, Gilbert? They were very mop-toppy, and they somehow played in this strange... Gil- uh, Gilbert stuck on Kay Lenz. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's boy, a, oh boy, yeah. I haven't heard that name in a while. She was married lot. to David Cassidy. Yeah, she was really hot. She was cutie. John, I can't thank you enough for doing all this research. Oh, my but pleasure. what was the one with the Munsters? We're going to do that one in the next episode. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to save it because it's a different format. Oh, the, only, okay. the only thing I regret about this uh, Andy Griffith show is that Floyd the Barber didn't sing a Dylan song. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew. You know, you, you know no. his bit. <laughs> what would have sounded like, Gilbert? <laughs> what would that have sounded like? Like a, like a, like a rolling stone. <laughs> I can... I can be- a complete unknown. <laughs> you still doing that in the act? Yeah. Good man. Don't when, freshen anything when, up. Is that, after, is that after the Georgie Jessel bit? What we, yes. Well, we, we have Gavin McLeod booked in a couple of weeks. Are you going to are you going to do Gavin God, and Tony for him? Of course. Oh, you got balls. Wow, it's funny. John, thank you for this. My pleasure, this, gentlemen. This was a ton of fun. We'll pick a piece of music and take us uh, and take us out. Yeah. Luke Yannis. We don't know what that is right now, but all right. We're going to get a second episode out of this idea. Fantastic. Because next week, we're going to do real bands Ooh. that turned up on 60s television Ooh. shows. John, this was fun. Ooh, Andy, yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, You want to take us out, Gilly? <laughs> I want you so bad. <laughs> the, the, the drunken undertaker cried. The lonesome... Hogan Grinder, right, and all the saxophone. <laughs> about after the stroke, Howard McNear could only could only do episodes in a chair, and they would all stand around. It's him. kind of like Captain Pike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little light goes on. You want to say good night, Gilbert? Oh, good night, Gilbert. See. Nice. <laughs> okay, uh, this has been um, Gilbert Gottfried, Frank Patrick. This has been Gilbert and Frank's uh, amazing colossal obsessions with John Flowey Bowden. <laughs> Thank you, John Fodia. Hey, lady.
good time.